0: Thanks to you. Hey everyone, it's really good to see you. You know that card game, Pond 2? You ever play that with 21? We have to decide whether you're gonna stick or twist. And some people, I, I think that's quite a good way of summing up the way some people, or all of us, I guess, approach life. We're either those who stick or we're those who twist. Over the years, I've had quite a few friends who never really seem satisfied. They're always looking for a new university course or a new job, a new relationship, changing houses. This week, Louis rees the Welsh hope. I'm a Welsh a Welshman and I love rugby. And so it was a great disappointment that he decided not to stick, but to twist and go and play American football instead of rugby. At the age of 22 a big risk and i guess a lot of people apparently this week was blue monday so apparently a lot of people feel depressed at this time of year thinking the diet's not going very well my relationships are not delivering the job needs changing my life is on on the wrong track and i need to make some make some changes whereas other people i'm probably a bit more like this just stick however badly things are going just carry on doing the same old thing embodying that that classic phrase the definition of madness is doing the same thing but expecting different different results so whether you're someone who likes to stick or you're a bit more somebody who likes to mix things up and make changes i guess we we're like that because we all want to know, want to make sure that we're doing the right thing we want to be on the right track on the right pathway. And that's why 1 Thessalonians is so brilliant for us, because it's giving us God's blueprint for what is the right way to live, the way to thrive, the way to flourish in God's world. And the Apostle Paul, who's written this letter, he wants the Thessalonians to know that by trusting in Jesus, they are definitely on the right course, and they should definitely stick with what they have. They've accepted the true message, god is at work in them they need to just carry on growing more and more in what they're what they're already doing and so hopefully that will encourage us to think yeah i'm i'm on that same same journey as them i'm believing the same thing i'm gonna stick stick with that i'm in the right right place but also maybe one or two of us who think actually if this is the blueprint if this is the spirit level this is the plumb line then maybe there are a few things where i need to tweak my understanding of what it actually means to be a christian So maybe I do need to do a little bit of, no, it's not quite right, but do a little bit of twisting as well. I need to think, yeah, actually, have I got a little bit stuck in my ways, actually, is God's God's plan slightly different to how I've been living? Now, here is my multimedia presentation of what's going on in Thessalonica or what's been going on in the story of the Thessalonian church. So Paul and his colleagues, turned up in the Greek city of Thessalonica, and they taught about Jesus Christ. And they also lived, lived that out. And the Thessalonians, or a little church of Thessalonians, was formed. Some Jews, mainly pa- people from a pagan background, worshipping Greek gods and that kind of thing, start to follow, follow Jesus. But then Paul is around for a while. He does teach them. You see in the letter, he teaches them quite thoroughly about what it means to follow Jesus, but he has to leave because there's persecution, a lot of persecution. We read about that in Acts. So then there's this time where he's apart from them, he can't go and visit them as he'd like to. He sends Timothy to go and encourage them to keep going. But eventually, or after, not probably not that long after he's been there a at most, a couple of years, but probably less than that. He writes a letter to them. And in this letter, what we have here, 1 Thessalonians, we get Paul's syllabus that he would give to a young church that he wants to see established. He wants to see strengthened. And so that's why it's a really it's a blueprint for us. So he's giving giving the Thessalonians by letter what he would give to lots of churches in person. So that's why it's such a fantastic thing for us to look at and think this is the the benchmark, this is the spirit level for what it means to live the authentic Christian life. So what we're going to think about today is what happened in in this middle period and why it is that Paul is so excited about that, why he's so full of thanks to God for what happened. And as he conveys to the Thessalonians why he's so thankful for what's happening, he's assuring them, saying, look, you really have started in the right way your roots are in the right place you can be absolutely sure that god is at work in you and just keep going in the same way but we'll also see as we do that we'll see actually this is what it looks like to live the authentic christian life and that will help us sort of weigh up whether we should be those who stick with what we're doing already or do we need to make any any tweaks so let's let's read it i'll read from chapter one verse one and We'll think particularly about what was going on while he was away. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God that he has chosen you. But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, who he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So let's stand back and think, first of all, about the impact that this group, this young church, new believers, no real background in, particularly the the pagans, no real background in in the message of Jesus, the impact that they have on the, the region. Verse six again, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So Macedonia is the kind of surrounding region of Thessalonica. And Thessalonica was the sort of capital city of that area. It was even called the, a second Rome, So it's quite an influential city, a bit like Covent Garden. Lots of trade coming through. Lots of people would, would visit and then go out to the wider regions. And then Achaia is basically the rest of Greece. John can correct me later if I've got that wrong, but that's that's what we're talking about so the whole of Greece has heard about these Thessalonians this really young church probably quite small probably not a lot bigger than us here today but their impact has been huge on the region they've become an example particularly that they are serving Jesus in the midst of suffering and they've become an example a type a pattern you, you could translate the word imprint they've become a model to the other believers around the country And also have a look at verse eight. But not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. So the message of Jesus Christ, the word has been sounded sounded forth from this little church. Literally, the word is like trumpeted or it's been echoed around the region. So just try to picture what must have been going on people from the whole area they're hearing of this young church and they're hearing the christian message through them loudly persistently so it's going out all around around that area so yeah they are a city a city center there's a big trading route the via Ign- Ignatia runs through it there's a little seaport but imagine what they would have been doing to to have that kind of impact they're being both visual, they're living out the Christian message publicly, and they're being verbal, they're publicly explaining who who Jesus is. I don't know whether they had lunchtime talks like this, but somehow they are speaking about Jesus in such a public way that people are getting to hear about it all over the place. So you might imagine somebody stab Ross, he goes to to the market up in thessalonica he hears about jesus from a, a group of people working working there he then takes the message back to his his community and then paul wherever he's going he's bumping into people all the time who say oh have you heard about the, the message of jesus being taught in in thessalonica and he's thinking well yeah i was i was there i was teaching them but actually he doesn't really need to say anything now because they're they're spreading it so effectively There's no social media, obviously. There's no Twitter. But somehow they are so open that it's getting across the whole region. And also the way they are living is is having an impact. So other people are thinking, yeah, we want to follow their example. Somebody in the south of Greece, they're thinking, I'm really struggling to follow Jesus. I'm getting rejection from my family and friends. And they're thinking, actually, let's follow the example of the Thessalonians. They're standing firm. We know they've suffered a lot but they're keeping going. They're an inspiration to us. We want to keep going in spite of what they're doing. Now, I don't know whether the Thessalonians realize this, but I imagine them hearing this and thinking, wow, we didn't realize we were having that kind of impact. And I guess it's good to step back and think, well, that's how God always works, isn't it? He, it's a beautiful thing, but I, I had a little example of it just yesterday. I was meeting with two chaps Phil and David. Phil has been a Christian a little while and he's been publicly telling his colleagues about Jesus for a while. And this guy, David, became a Christian in large part through Philip explaining the gospel to him maybe three or four years ago. And now David has moved jobs, but he's thinking through, how how can I be an open Christian in my office? How can I better reach my family? That's how the Lord is, is working. Somebody shares the message People get changed. They then start sharing the message and living it out modeling it to others. And then you'll know the Lord will be doing the same across offices, across Covent Garden. And so Paul is here. He's hearing about this. And he wants the Thessalonians to know how thankful he is to the Lord for us. They'll think, yeah, we are definitely on the right lines. God is at work amongst us. But now let's take a step back and think. Well, what has produced this impact? How are these this young church? How is it having this kind of impact? What's what's involved for the Thessalonians to come to know Jesus? So let's think about the the change that God has brought about through them, and that will again give us more of an understanding of the contours of the, the Christian life. So remember, only a few months before, they would have heard nothing about Jesus. You'd probably just be a perhaps a figure of mockery for them as they think about this little country in in Israel where there's this carpenter that got put on a was crucified by the Romans and now suddenly here they are shouting from the rooftops that they're following him. There they were following their Greek gods, their Roman gods maybe, and now they're willing to put their life in danger to follow him. So we looked at a little bit last week in Acts 17, we heard that when Paul went to Thessalonica there was this big riot that's how how severe the opposition was imagine walking out of here this uh, this afternoon and there's a big riot in the street people shouting at you so up in arms with hatred that you've been following Jesus that you're standing publicly with the message I was once in a caught in a riot and had to shelter in a in a police station it was pretty scary but imagine if the riot is about you that's it's about people like you who are following, following this new this new fangled faith. But look again at, at verse 2 to 5. Paul says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly re- mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I think when I was looking at this last week when we talked about it, well, that sounds really lovely. They were loving each other. They were putting into practice their faith in Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't just an intellectual, conceptual thing. They were living it out. That's really good. But when you read it, read on, you see actually they were doing that under intense pressure. That's, that's what Paul is saying, what he's really giving thanks for. That's the mark that he knows they're genuine. They're willing to do it in, in suffering. It would have been so, And it would have been so tempting for them, wouldn't it? To think, oh, yeah, okay, maybe there is something in this this Jesus. Maybe I can follow him in the quietness of my own room. I can have a, read the, read a scroll, I can say a prayer while everyone else is asleep. I'll try and just keep it as an individual activity, a private thing. But no, they've got together with other Christians. They're obviously being public about it. And that's what's having this impact across the region. But how? what, what produced that? What? cause them to want to do that have a look at verse four we see that god is at work powerfully by his spirit for we know brothers loved by god that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the holy spirit and with full conviction so he's not saying that it came without the word they had to hear the word about jesus paul taught them the word about jesus but it wasn't just a message it wasn't clearly wasn't just people's opinion nor was it often, what often happens i guess sometimes we explain the christian message and people hear it again and again but nothing happens i remember the guy who used to run these um lunchtime course chapel charlie scream he totted up how many times he thought he'd heard the christian message before he actually became a christian it, he thought, i think it ran into the thousands of times that he must have he must have heard about jesus but it came with power God was at work, they heard the message about Jesus, and they realized this was true, and they completely changed. And then verse 6, what did that lead to? And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example. So I think it's worth asking, what means did God use to produce this powerful change in them? So yes, God is doing it. It has to be God doing it. But he uses the word, definitely, but also he's using Paul as an example. So do you see the change? Paul is not only teaching them, it's, he's not just giving them a, a, a flyer or a, a message and then walking away. He's modeling it to them. He's living it out in front of them. And now that's what they're doing to to the whole region around them so they are proclaiming the word but they're also being an example to others so that's helping us see how the message spreads it comes through It's god who's doing it through his word through the message but being lived out obviously somebody could become a christian through a tract or just through reading the bible on their own but at some point god will use somebody to model the christian life to them and again, that helps us see why it's so important what we're trying to do with one another in the Covent Garden talks and in your workplace ministries. And Paul is going to make quite a big deal of that through the letter. Both both what what happened the, to the Thessalonians, how they received the message. And so to show them that they really can be sure that God is at work in them, but he's also gonna make a big deal about how they can be sure that he was a genuine messenger of the message. And, and he'll, we'll start, we'll look at that in a little bit more detail next week, as we look at how we can be sure that what Paul did was the genuine way of modeling the, the Christian message. But let's just come back to this idea of living the Christian life under affliction. I was reading an article in a secular newspaper the other day about a lady called Hatun Natasha. I've only heard of her, been, I haven't heard a lot about her, but I've heard it a few times that she's a lady who was a, a Muslim, became a follower of Jesus, and has become really active in trying to persuade other Muslims to follow Jesus. So she presents Jesus and she also tries to help people see what's wrong with with islamic teaching but she suffered a lot of kickback from that so somebody stabbed her in the face a little while ago that, that person is now in, in prison and um, but she's been on on the run for that And in this article the, the person said yeah somebody who doesn't have a faith will find it really un- hard to understand why she's doing that i know think of a am well, sure you could all think of lots of examples think of a friend who when he became a christian his family started to kind of just treat him very differently described to me this family barbecue that he went to where him and his wife were basically being ostracized by the rest of the family why would he put up with that why would he deal with that have a look again at verse verse six you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the holy spirit the holy spirit gives this this kind of settled assurance that you god is on your side it's worth following him whatever the, the consequences are, because he is with you, his promises are true to you, he loves you. And then the last few verses, again, help us see, well, what, what did it involve for these Thessalonians to actually become Christians? We've seen the hallmarks of God's work in them, the steadfastness of hope, the, work of faith, the labor of love, we've seen them enduring affliction, but what What did it mean for them to actually become a Christian? And verses 9 to 11 give us a little, a brilliant portrait of what's involved in somebody becoming and going on as a Christian believer. So let's just read those, it's such a useful description to have in our minds. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. So Paul is hearing from these guys, the Macedonian and Caius, what it is that the Thessalonians were believing and how they responded to Paul's teaching. They report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So we had the three marks of faith, love and hope at the beginning of of this chunk. And now we've got another set of three they they turned, they served, and they waited, or they're waiting. Now I guess we're we're surrounded by so many forms of, of spirituality, aren't, aren't we? And it's, and we can think, am I on the right track? At the moment you, you'll hear lots from. People like Douglas Murray, George Peterson, who love Christian teaching, they love the Christian ethic, but they're not willing to surrender to Jesus. And you might think, well, is that okay? It's like they're following Jesus; they're trying to follow Jesus' teaching. But this gives again gives us a sort of benchmark: what does it actually look like to to follow Jesus? So they turned. What does, does it mean to receive the word? They turned from idols. So, they're not just adding Jesus to their life, they're turning away from everything they thought before. Julio described it this morning as they must have taken their idols and, and thrown, thrown them out in such a way that everyone else knew about it. Remember, the, the Macedonians and Achaeans are reporting this to Paul. So, this is not, again, not something they were just doing in the peace and quiet of their garden shed. They are doing it in such a way that everyone can see that they're turning away from their idols they're making a radical choice to follow jesus it's radical repentance i remember a friend who was from a hindu background he was trying to follow jesus and carry on going to the temple and 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 i guess lots of us try to do that in lots of ways don't we try to follow jesus but we try and keep hold of our, our idols that we that we cherish but Paul is saying, no, no, I know that you've you've turned, you've repented, you've put, you've turned away from what you were following before. You put Jesus first. And now they are serving Jesus. This is not just an intellectual ascent. They're wanting to engage in him, follow his teaching. Again, in such a way that everyone can see that. And then they are waiting for his son from heaven, for God's son from heaven. Now, waiting, that can sound a little bit dull, doesn't it? It makes you think of sitting in a Sitting in the barbershop or in the dentist waiting for your turn. But I think what Paul is saying is they are so they have such a clear view of who Jesus is, that he is the Son of God. They are longing for his return. They're longing for that day whenever the world will be made better. That's what's enabling them to serve Jesus. That's what's enabling them to stick, stick through persecution, to be so courageous in spreading the message. Joel was super helpful in our little study and prayer group this morning, just saying think about how much is put into that phrase they are waiting for his son from heaven again remember these guys they had no background in understanding who jesus is now suddenly they've recognized not that he is the christ he's the messiah and he's going to come back they're looking forward to that return their whole life has been completely turned upside down their whole way of approaching life has completely been transformed Now let's think again, okay. What has produced this big change in, in the Thessalonians? Now you can shout out for me here. What if if they are turning from idols, they are serving the true and living God, and they are waiting from the sun from heaven? What must Paul have been teaching to them for them to do that? What kind of things must he have included in his presentation of Christian message to them, if for them to? be doing verses nine to ten is the only way he's the only way yeah 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 so he obviously wasn't just saying oh yeah you should just consider this this great ethical teacher who can add a little bit of spice to your life and give you some wisdom they, he was obviously presenting to them no, no you need to turn from everything else and follow him. Anything else that he must have been teaching for them to, to follow like that? Go on, John. The following Jesus has an impact Bible. Yeah, so they are serving, so he's saying, yeah, it's not just a theoretical thing, he's teaching them to... Apologies, teaching in practice. Yeah. Anything else he must have been teaching them about? They are waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, and Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Waiting for judgment.
1: Yeah, he's obviously been telling them about judgment
0: day. He has been must have been telling them about repentance. You've got to turn. You can, he's been telling them about Jesus' death and resurrection, about salvation. So what we're seeing then is a is a change. Paul has been teaching the gospel message. This is what's produced the change, and this is what's impacting the region. And I guess that's what's been happening all all the way through. And I think that's what Paul is doing is saying. Can you see how how powerful this is? And imagine how ex- encouraging it would be for Paul to hear. Other people, third parties saying they are they believe this. So it hasn't got degraded or watered down. He's passed on the message, but God has been at work enabling them to not only believe it, but to communicate it clearly and faithfully to others and be able to model it to others.